Wednesday, and we are going to wed your ears with some pro wrestling punditry. That's right, it is me, your managing editor, Nick Hausman, back to host another episode of The Winkly, and joined here as I am pretty much every Wednesday by my good friend Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to The Winkly. Good to be back. Uh, we have a big show planned for you all here today. We're going to be talking all of the news the past 24 hours, and after the news here, I've got two big interviews for you here today. First of all, right after the news, you're going to hear from none other than Chavo Guerrero. He's going to be talking all about being the fight coordinator for Glow Season 3, working with Gina Davis. Uh, we talk a bit about some of the things that uh, Rey Mysterio said to me recently in the interview I did a couple weeks ago for the Winkley about Andrade and Eddie Guerrero comparisons. Uh, really good talk there. And, of course, Chavo has a new beer out, Los Guerrero's Mexican-styled lager. Have you had a chance to try Chavo's beer yet, Justin? I have not. I don't. I think I'm blocked by Chavo on Twitter, actually. Oh, you're a jerk. So rightfully so. Uh, no, I will. I will. No, apparently, apparently he blocked me like eight years ago or something like that. Like, uh, like the early days of me doing, you know, wrestling stuff. And I, I remember Marty Elias is a mutual friend of ours, the the, the referee. And I remember asking, I was like, I was like, I, I was like, I don't know why I'm blocked. I don't like. I, I'm like, I and. I think that the response I got was something I said like eight years ago back uh, the previous website and one of the early shows I did. And I was like, oh, I have no idea what that could be. Well, then next time I talk to Shavo, I may tip you off and we may just drop you into the conversation so you guys can just work it out, whatever's going on there. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I've met him in person once since then. And I, it was a completely fine, cordial, brief meeting, unless he didn't know it was me. But like, well, I had, I had a similar experience with Shavo where I met him on the Indies, and um, I may or may not have told this story. I don't know. It's been a while if I have. But I met him on I know the you, Indies. I, I, I've, I've heard it privately. I don't know if you've said it publicly. Okay. Well, I, I did a show with him on the Indies, and I was the manager for a match. It was a, uh, I think it was a tag match main event. Maybe, maybe it was a singles match. But Shavo was going to give my guy two of the three Amigos. Then he was going to grab me off the apron and give me the third Amigo. And uh, we're putting together the match in the back. And I was like, well, I can't really take a suplex. I've ever been taught to bump. At which point, Shavo told me to F off and leave the room, which I did. <laughs> and uh, since then, our relationship's been a lot better. So it can get better, Justin. Well, there you go. There's hope. I mean, I could take the back suplex, so I could have done that. Yeah, exactly. Because you're professional. He needed, he needed me there. So yeah, yeah. You're professional. I'm Jamoke Nehasman. <laughs> Schmoz man number two. Um, well, uh, so we're gonna have Shavo on the show, show here. I really like, I mean, look, Shavo is great. I always enjoy my chats with Shavo. You guys are going to really like this one a lot. Uh, he's very topical at the moment is Shavo Guerrero. And then after Shavo, I'm going to play, uh, it's like a three and a half minute bit of audio, uh, from a man named Adam Brasile. He is right now imprisoned in Tennessee, wrongfully imprisoned. Uh, there's a whole case about it. There's a whole case study that was written. It's going to be up on the site here. If it's not already right now, we can find out about what's going on with Adam. Well, Capital Wrestling, working for the charity Wrestling for Innocence, which uh, helps to free uh, wrongly uh, jailed individuals. They are working together with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall for this big event on August 11th to raise money for Adam's legal fund so he can get out of jail where he's not supposed to be. And Adam uh, called out of prison to his sister and uh, chatted for about three and a half minutes, thanking Nash Hall, Capital Wrestling, Wrestling for Innocence, and uh, promoting this show. And it's something I've never aired on any podcast I've ever done. This is a prison call from a man who's who's desperately trying to uh, to have the system do right by him. So I hope you enjoy hearing from Adam here after Chavo. And uh, you know, check it out August 11th if you're if you're in Nashville, go support this show. Uh, and we will have more on that uh, coming up. All right, and with that, let's get to it here. News you can use, news that'll leave a bruise. Uh, we had SmackDown last night. Big news coming out of SmackDown. Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton, 
Uh, a spectacular confrontation here. We're opening old wounds here from eight years ago. MSG, they brought it up. Kingston, Orton, SummerSlam. What do you think of how it came together, and what do you what do you think of this bout? I thought it was one of the highlights of SmackDown, and I and this is a good match. You know, I mean, Kofi Kingston. Uh, you know, he, you know, he beats Samoa Joe, but you know, who is Samoa Joe really beaten? So, I mean, you know, this going up against Randy Orton, and and especially if Kofi walks out still champ, um, you know, you know, SummerSlams, you know, are arguably the second biggest show of the year. Randy's one of the most credible guys that that you could be up against. Uh, and then obviously, yeah, this history. I mean, everybody's talked about even even prior to Kofi being champion. I mean, like, that's always kind of been the defining uh, singles career, at least uh, feud for Kofi was. You know when he was up on the rise and and when and and yep. you know delivered that boom drop in MSG to Randy Orton and then you know Matt Morgan talked about it last week, uh, so eight days ago, on the post SmackDown podcast that I'm also on here on Wrestling Inc. and he talked about how you know Kofi was on the rise and Randy used his pull and stopped that and then here we go they actually reference it they bluntly start talking about it uh, you know on the air so this this is you know this is the kind of stuff that people get behind because they know there's 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 real to it there's there's real stuff behind it. Um, I, I think this is a highlight. I think this is this is this is great stuff. Do you think it's a foregone conclusion that Kingston beats Randy Orton here? I mean, I wouldn't say at one hundred percent. I mean, when you're dealing with Randy Orton, you know, you never know. And again, there's just anything on SmackDown's kind of up in the air with the the, 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 the impending move to Fox. But I mean, I, I give Kofi right now seventy thirty in Kofi's favor. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I thought this was just the whole show felt like the promos were just really on point. I don't know what was done drastically differently behind the scenes, but I thought everybody really shined last night on the microphone, and this exchange was was just great. And I also thought it was cool that they brought up the MSG moment because they're going back to MSG for Raw and SmackDown here in uh, about a month and a half. And uh, from what we were talking about yesterday on the show, does not sound like either of those shows are sold out yet. Uh, to get to move some tickets to get people excited for those MSG shows, uh, what a great way to to invoke this classic moment here. And I wonder if we get a repeat of Kofi and Orton in MSG here in just a month and a half. That's, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. I, I, I mean, I knew that they were going back to MSG in September, but I didn't even make the connection of them showing that clip. You're right. That could be, uh, you know, if if uh, if Kofi and Orton gets extended from SummerSlam, you know, SummerSlam's a little bit earlier this year in August than it normally is, but if they extend that uh, feud uh, into September, then, yeah, that would, that would be a great, uh, you know, great little rewind. You should see my office. There's a big cork board, several pins and string, and photos of the wrestlers, and I'm constantly... I'm constantly making connections that nobody else gets, Justin. You're just a regular pro wrestling gumshoe. Yes, or a beautiful mind, whatever you want to say. Uh, Finn Balor challenged Bray Wyatt for SummerSlam after being attacked by Bray uh, um, last week on Monday Night Raw. Uh, I thought this was good. We had the the Bray, the latest Firefly Funhouse. This is exactly what I wanted to see. Uh, Bray coming out after the Fiend attacks. The Fiend is a different person. Bray Wyatt's super likable. He wants to like you, but The Fiend, he doesn't like you. I, I thought this was great. This isn't, you know, this is almost exactly what I wanted him to do with Kofi. We're getting we're getting Finn Balor instead. Um, I liked it. I think this is good. I think I'm, I'm on the hook for these guys at SummerSlam. Yeah, I mean, this is the first glimpse into, okay, how is Bray Wyatt and The Fiend going to operate? And this, you know, as you said, this kind of gives us a little glimpse to that, that, you know, The Fiend is what we see in the ring. Uh, but you know Bray's the one who can do interviews. You know if you know if they let I don't know if they're gonna let Bray do media moving forward. But like you know he you know this is how we see the 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 you know because the Fiend is not gonna cut promos, but Bray Wyatt will. And then it's just a great, beautiful, scary, sick, um, relationship of this happy-go-lucky, lucky you know looking like Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt 
versus you know the, the horror that is the fiend what, what i'm curious well first off you know if, if bray white is going to be taking or um excuse me finn balor is going to be taking time off as we've been led to believe after SummerSlam, you know this this needs to be a squash this needs to be the fiend the, 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 you know, they're, 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 the Fiend can't show any weakness or Bray Wyatt, whatever, however he wrestles and is portrayed in the ring. Uh, this needs to be a dominant performance, whether it's against Finn Balor, whether, against any, whether it's against anybody else, but especially because if Finn's going to be leaving, you can justify it um, and, and having him written off that way. Uh, and, I, like, and, you know, like, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm so interested in the, pre- that might be the number one thing I'm going to be interested in for SummerSlam is the presentation. Like, does he, re- can, does, can he wrestle with that Fiend mask on? Um you know, like you know exactly you know what what's the entrance you know are we going to go back to having a Bray Wyatt entrance where it was the the traditional Bray Wyatt music is the entrance for the Fiend just going to be lights out and he appears in the ring like I, I'm I'm so interested to see the the presentation in the context of a match I agree and uh, also here at SummerSlam now we know we're going to get Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens if Owens loses he's going to quit the company you know the way that this card is t- shaping up you also got Seth and and Brock uh, you know and then the women's title matches you know you got Natalia Becky. Um, and, uh, 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 Beck and Natalia, Becky, and then, uh, Ember Moon Bailey, Ember Moon Bailey. That's, I was trying to think of who was facing Bailey there. You know, this is, a, this is a SummerSlam car. The SummerSlam card is coming together pretty nicely here. Uh, you know, I talked about Shane and Kevin a little bit yesterday, but, uh, what do you think is going to happen with these two here at SummerSlam? Well, I don't think Kevin Owens is going to lose. I don't think he's leaving. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, had if Kevin Owens was the subject of internet rumors, if they, if if the rumors were swirling that he was unhappy, or if the rumors were swirling that his contract was coming up, that makes this more interesting given the state of the business at the moment, and again, what the fall is going to bring. Um, but that I haven't heard any of that. You know, Owens was out for injury. He came back. He's been, you know, he's been kind of revitalized. He's getting a push. So, like, you know, I don't really buy. And then, and then when there's such crossover, when there's just a wild card rule, however you want, like, you know, Bray Wyatt, I don't know. Was he a wild card rule this past week? I don't know. They've stopped um, you know, talking whenever, about when, it. They've stopped talking about it. They don't even care. Yeah. Anymore. You know, g- guys are just showing up wherever. So it's not like I think, Oh, he's going to lose a shame of man. Then he's going to go to the other show. You know what I mean? So I don't see Owens losing. Uh, I would think this would be the blow off in the payoff, which would usually have the baby face in this case, be the one going up. Um, it, it's odd, you know, like they, they, for the longest time, it looked like it was going to be Roman Reigns and Shane McMahon at SummerSlam. And then they just pivoted and went to Kevin Owens you know, this is very there. It's not as good by no means, but it's it's the playbook of Austin McMahon. Uh, it's just crazy to see this rebellious babyface who's stunning a McMahon. It just happens to be Shane McMahon, and then it's just a different babyface, and it's you know twenty well, I, years I, later. I, yeah. <laughs> but I, think, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I see Kevin Owens winning. I guess I think Owens loses, man. If you're going for the Steve Austin playbook, Owens should be screwed over here and sneak into the building for a month and a half before Shane McMahon is driven to rehire him. So that he could beat him down legally in the ring, isn't that? I mean, that's far more in line, I think, with Steve Austin booking. Well, maybe so. Well, and then if they're going to go to MSG a few weeks later, then Kevin Owens drives in a, a giant truck or Zamboni into MSG. Yeah. So I, I don't. I think that I think the reason they threw this out there is so Owens does lose and can be sneaking into buildings and stuff. So different right. difference of opinion. Uh, lastly, here. No, I mean, I, I don't. I don't hate. I mean, if. If that's the plan, if that's if that if they if they need to keep this going, if they want to keep Shane on TV, all this stuff. I mean, that's if that's what they if that's where they're going, then 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 I could see that that gives you more life out of it. I mean, it, it you know, I, I don't know how long you can go with the whole him sneaking in the building, but yeah, I mean, that would you're right, that would be more out of the playbook of of Austin McMahon from '98. Uh, and lastly, here coming out of SmackDown, a little backstage news: uh, PWInsider.com reporting that Eric Bischoff did reportedly sit in on production meetings, was seen spending a lot of time. With members of WWE Creative, uh, there were no changes 
to the normal SmackDown TV taping process, uh, but it was noted that everyone is taking their time with Eric uh, and his transition so that he will be able to familiarize himself with the way everything runs. Okay, SmackDown, look, great. I I think Eric would have maybe liked to have taken more credit for last night's SmackDown. I thought last night's SmackDown was very, very good. Yeah, if anything, and you mentioned it earlier about the promos, if anything, last night's SmackDown maybe let, maybe felt like it wasn't as scripted to the word. You know, maybe I, maybe the, maybe it was a little more bullet points. But those have been no. But those have been things we've been hearing that Paul Heyman is instilling in in the shows, and I still think that Heyman has his. I think he's got his fingerprints on SmackDown right now as well. And I I you know it's going to be a continued. You know we're going to get these reports. How is Eric? Is he integrating into this team in, in a meaningful way? Because for my money, Paul Heyman took those three weeks there where Eric was moving or whatever and just came in and ransacked the place and put his fingerprints all over everything. I'm seeing a lot more Heyman influence right now, and I wonder how Eric's going to, you know, ascend into into that spot. I don't even know what – I mean, like, like, so, yeah, like, we know things about – because of Heyman and because he, you know, because he was – he micromanaged and ran everything in ECW, and ECW was, was stood out in such ways. And, and like, it, it's very clear what things – what Paul Heyman – advocates for what he likes i don't i don't know if i necessarily other than tv formatting and changing of, of shooting things uh, from the television aspect i don't know if i would recognize what is eric bischoff fingerprints and not because again like you know when bischoff was running wcw day to day like he was like you know he had whether it be sullivan kevin sullivan or, or, or dusty Rhodes or kevin nash i mean he had quote-unquote bookers in the more traditional territory sense you know, obviously he signed off on things. Obviously, you know, he would be involved in what they're doing. But like, I, I don't know if I can necessarily pinpoint like, oh, that's an Eric Bischoff thing. Like, I, I don't, you know, like, I, I don't know. If, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. So, you know, again, we'll wait and see here as the reports to come in, continue to come in about what influence Eric does have. Because I'm just, I'm, I'm on the hook like you are about like, what, what is that? What does that look like? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I'd imagine if I start seeing things that are. Uh, I, I'd imagine if I start seeing things, and, and we're going to see them when they go to Fox. Like, I, I, if they start shooting things differently, if they start doing backstage interviews differently, if it's just, just the the presentation TV wise, that makes sense. Because again, I know Eric's a TV guy. Like, I understand yeah. that he. So that that would make sense to me. But well, and, and, like from you know, I don't know. It was weird because on Monday Night Raw or at the Raw reunion, which we'll talk to you a little bit here, we saw the we saw the Medusa trash can spot. That's an Eric thing. But he was, I would guarantee, that was maybe not his idea. I think somebody just brought it up. Um, we saw him uh, tease a, an authority character role on Monday Night Raw as well when he was trying to, to entice Maria Canellas. Was that his idea? I don't know. I think there's a generation of writers and other people that know things that Eric did and are recreating them. But as far as unique original input into what a wrestling show looks like now, I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. I liked how Eric, what he said to Maria, how he said, why don't you come on over to SmackDown? And that's the first sighting of Eric on TV in how long. It's the first, like, yeah, WWE put out the press release, but it's not like they've gone on to Raw and SmackDown and, like, openly said, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are now going to be in control. Like, you know, Heyman alluded to it in a promo with Brock a week or two ago. He said, you know, I don't know if you've heard, but I carry a, a, lot, a lot of stroke around here now. But I, I just thought it was cool. Like, they just kind of assumed that everybody just knows, and Eric just, just said <laughs> randomly in that backstage, you know, why don't you come over to SmackDown as if he's a representative of SmackDown, which he is, but they're just kind of assuming that we all know that. Yeah, or, or setting the, or setting the, uh, the tiles in place for us to walk into – uh, a new regime with Eric as an authority figure on SmackDown. Who knows? Um, could have been a thrown away, throw it away too. Um, all right, well, let's talk a little bit more about the Raw reunion here. Good news for WWE in viewership. Raw, uh, the Raw reunion drew an average of 3.093 million viewers. That's up 26% from last week. This is the best 
uh, viewership uh, in the first Raw, or the first time Raw has hit 3 million average viewers since the post-SummerSlam 2018 episode nearly a year ago on August 20th. It topped the post-WrestleMania 35 episode of Raw, which did 2.924. It was the first, uh, the first hour did 3.019. The second hour drew 3.178. And the third hour drew 3.083. It was the most watched cable TV show for Monday night for the first time in months. I knew this thing was going to do well. This exceeded even my expectations. Well, it did well. Let me see all right now. What does it do next week when there's no Stone Cold, no Hulk Hogan, and everybody else? You know, and I it's agree. like look at yeah. All right, so you had more people tuning in on average. So you had a chance to 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 get some people back to like some people that aren't tuning in. Um, you know, what was it, like you know several hundred thousand people, I guess, difference uh, that are tuning in. Here's your chance to get them on the hook, keep them on the hook. And, and I ask you, other than the other than Bray Wyatt, other than the Fiend, you know, who looked again creepy, scary, picked a spot, uh, used. A legend in Mick Foley, who once also played a demented character in Mankind, used that character's finishing move in the Mandible Claw. Other than Bray, other than establishing this new character of, that Bray Wyatt's doing and how interesting he is, like who else did they make? Like who else walked out of? You know, who else can you show? Who else currently can you show to people who who have otherwise lost week to week loyal interest? And did you make and really nobody? So I mean, you know, so good, good that they averaged three million. I'm happy for them, and I and I'm a stone cold guy, so I had a great time seeing the end of that, that raw episode. But all right, what's it going to be next Monday? You know, do you think they come back? What do you think happens? I, again, I asked you the, what, what what was the hook? There was no hook, to, you know, like the, the, there's nothing, you know, like Seth Rollins is fighting Brock Lesnar, but there was no Brock Lesnar and all Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. It was ended up being in a fill-in spot apparently uh, for Ricochet. So Seth Rollins is standing there doing the stuff with with DX and the Click, but like nothing about Seth Rollins looked any cooler. There's nothing to hook you about the match that he's having that's coming up. Uh, the Kofi Kingston Randy Orton match isn't featured on there. Uh, again, Bray Wyatt was shown. Um, w- women wise, I mean, like what, what, what I'm saying is there's no hook for anybody to come back. So I guess no. Did you realize there were no women's matches at the Raw reunion? Right. That's what, so. Again, I like what, there was no hook. There, there was no hook. You know, I mean, you know, you know who the, you know what, you know what the hook is that would maybe get Attitude Era fans to come back. The one wrestler who I think really got a rub of the new generation was Drake Maverick. I think that the twenty four seven title was uh, it was a through line through the whole show. You know, you had Patterson and Briscoe, the Observer reporting. You know, they weren't cleared. That's why you got that like phantom title change. But the funness, like if you're an Attitude Era fan and you see that, you're like, oh, this feels familiar to me. You know, I, I, I can re- I can relate to this, this this funny little British man. I like this guy. I want to see what happens with him. Uh, maybe Bray Wyatt is a hook, but I think Drake in the 24-7 title, I think if anything enticed people to come back and watch for next week of the new generation, I think that stole the show. Maybe. I mean, it, it was consistent throughout the show, yes, but I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that there I don't think that Drake got a bigger rub than Bray. You don't think so? No. Because if you're think about it, if you're if you're if you're watching throughout this, like, again, and if you're not a regular week to week, if you're not like if it's not you and I or, or probably the people that listen to this, this the show, like so Drake started with it. And then you just got all this other confusion. You know, you, you had these two old guys win it. You saw Kelly Kelly and, and, and how gorgeous she is getting rolled up and losing it. And then and then and then it's almost dumped in the trash. And then Teddy Biasi bought it. And like like <laughs> you probably forgot about who the hell actually started to finish with it. I mean, like, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I just I, I think Bray Wyatt got the biggest rub center of the ring. It was it's different. You know, the way that they, you know, again, it, 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 
interrupted and, and winded down the video that, that Foley was trying to show and the lights go out and the, the creepy scream horror music. I mean, I think, and, and you know, and he, and he, you know, laid Mick Foley out. I think that was the biggest rub that anybody current, you know, in today got. I will put up a poll after this show asking people to settle an argument between you and I, who got the bigger rub at the raw reunion, Bray Wyatt or Drake Maverick. I'm interested to see what the people think. I think, I think Bray's going to get more than 70% of the vote. Okay. Well, we will find out then out there. And if you're listening to this, the poll is live at Wink Rebel. Uh, Observer reporting John Cena left Raw as soon as his segment with the Usos was over. A little surprising. That's not, you know, on the indies, you know, Justin, that's that's sacrilege. You don't, you don't do your match and leave. You, you stick around to the end of the show. Right. Uh, I got to stick around to get paid. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, John lives, as you mentioned, he lives in Tampa. I mean, so unless he had to hop on a plane and go fly somewhere to film something, which is completely possible given his schedule. Um, I did, I did, I did notice that. I thought it was odd that he wasn't out there, you know, cause like to me, like, um, yeah, like, think, I don't I think, even think about like, that. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. You know, he wasn't out there at the end. I mean, cause like, you know, we've seen, we've seen Austin rock and Hogan in the, you know, we saw them at, at, at in new Orleans remaining at 30. We've never, I don't think we've ever seen, we've never seen Cena, Austin and Hogan. And to me, those are the truly the three, like that's the tripod that, that, holds up WWF slash WWE in the last 30, 35 years. You know, those are the, those are the three tribe that, you know, that's, those are the legs right there. So like, I, so I remember, you know, you, you know, Hogan's out there in the ring and he's cheers and a beer with Austin and the rest of the, of the legends. But I remember noticing, I was like, there's no scene out here. What like, I would have liked to seen a, a frame, you know, a, a shot that has Cena, Austin and Hogan all in the ring together. I, I, I maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm forgetting something, and I'll get corrected by one of our listeners. But I don't think we've ever seen all three of them in the ring together. Yeah, very weird. I'm getting yeah. It's like Cena, and then like Nikki saying that her and Brie couldn't be there because they had plans in New Zealand, which they could have flown back for, but they they didn't. You know, but they do hope to be back with WWE. That's weird. Well, New Zealand, that's a long ass flight, by the way. New Zealand, Tampa to New Zealand, that's a long flight. But Not weird. That's like twenty two hours. Can't wait for next season of Total Bellas. That's all I'll say. I'm on the hook. I'm ready to go. I'm in. Uh, are you in, are you implying that the Bellas didn't come because they didn't want to run into John Cena? Read between the lines. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I think that there's a reason <laughs> these two entities have not been in the same building at the same time. Uh, you know, but again, speculating. I can't wait for Total Bellas season five. We'll find out. I mean, she's with her dancing with the stars partner now. The same guy she was dancing with while she was dating John. Look, as a dude... If that happened to me, I mean, I not, I'm not going to sit here and say I wouldn't be a little weirded out by doesn't, that. Doesn't he have a he has a new girlfriend too though? Uh, yeah, okay. It's it's the girl it's the girlfriend that looks exactly like Nikki Bella. I know, and that's what I'm saying, Justin. You know, <laughs> and this new guy that Nikki's with don't look anything like John. So very different. Artem. 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 Very different. Artem. Read, read between the lines, people. Total Bella season five is coming up. Uh, you're so geek for you're gonna do like a whole podcast just on total bellas you know if we do launch a patreon or something like that and there's like premium content you can get i would i would drop a total bellas review show on there i might even be able to convince liz to uh to pour a glass of red wine and and, and digest it with me each week so. that'll be right there on that patreon when uh glenn rubenstein gets his uh limp biscuit uh podcast that he wants to do see there's good ideas justin and we're just not <laughs> acting on them because we don't have the space for it <laughs> so maybe maybe hypothetical patreon account where you can get these great bits of audio for your ears um we did we were just talking about the steve austin beer bash pwinsider.com reporting scott hall was not at was asked to not get in the ring during the beer bash 
Good call. Whoever made that yeah. call. Well, yeah, that's that's somebody standing around going, you know, PR wise, this might we might catch a little extra few extra phone calls and emails on this one. So we've we've I mean, I think it was Stephanie who once was quoted on the ESPN special that they've spent more money on Scott Hall and rehab than any other any other superstar ever with rehabs. So that probably would have been a bad look. Not that not that uh, he would have gotten the ring or not. But did you notice that Jake the Snake Roberts wasn't a part of the Raw reunion? Uh, well, I actually, I guess I constantly never really pieced it together. I mean, you know, he wasn't. I mean, but Jake D- the Snake, DDP. he was a part of the vignette for I think it was the Dustin Cody versus the Young Bucks match at uh, Fight for the Fall, and Jake the Snake Roberts partook in an AEW vignette, and I just thought it was interesting that he was not a part of Raw reunion. Bret Hart was also not part of Raw reunion. He presented the AEW title. Yeah, but Bret's special case. I just, I wonder. So, uh, anyway, PWInsider.com reporting that after uh, Raw reunion was over, Ric Flair played the host at the after party, buying all of the WWE VIPs and wrestlers several rounds of drinks and pizzas, courtesy of the Nature Boy. Woo! So this was also not there. Yeah, hit softball or something like that. But with Rick, I wonder who, I mean, uh, who was picking up the tab for that. You think that was a company card? They were like, go be Ric Flair tonight? I don't know. This is what got him in trouble. That's what I'm saying. Years of doing this, he wound up broke. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, you know, between, we hear things about taxes owed and whatever. I don't know where, I don't, I don't know where Rick's funds come from. I don't know. Uh, PWInsider.com also reporting that Maurice, JoJo, and RVD's girlfriend slash wow women of wrestling star Katie Forbes were backstage but not used. Um, I thought of these three, uh, you know, JoJo and Katie, I get it. But Maurice, they did the uh, Miz and Miss uh, sneak tr- sneak peek after Monday Night Raw. I was surprised that she didn't get pulled in for something. And also, that was a very entertaining tease for Miz and Miss. I don't know if you stuck around and watched it. Uh, I did not watch the tease. Yeah, I am surprised that they didn't end up using Maurice. I mean, especially if they had all. You know, we saw a bunch of other ladies quickly and randomly used. Um, so yeah, I, I am shocked that they didn't. They didn't go with that. Um, not new, not any news here. We we really kind of already talked about it. Brock Lesnar not at Raw reunion. Weird, right? Like yeah, him and Cena pull them together with with Steve Austin and Hogan and Flair at the end. Very unique. We I don't know if we've seen that. So. Well, and, and never mind the reunion gimmick. You're again, you're a couple weeks away from SummerSlam. Like, why? I mean, like, why not? Like, like, I don't know. I, I know. I, again, I know that Seth, you know, filled in, uh, filled in what was going to be Ricochet with DX. But like, I don't know. I just, I, it would be much more compelling if you have, uh, you know, Brock and Seth getting ready to go at it, and you know, DX and the Click, and you know, like, like if Brock is going to backpedal at all, if Brock's going to stop from attacking Seth Rollins. It would have to be because I don't know twelve guys are standing there. So DX and Hall and Nash and, and Road Dog and Pop, like like that would have that would have been like the one thing that could have like at least like protect. I don't know. I just, I just feel like just weird missed opportunities. And I, I just and I know these shows are stressful and hard because they have to shuffle things around and you're trying to corral a whole bunch of people and then you have the you know who's cleared medically and what have you. So I know that it's really tough to put something together and it's live. But I, I just again I always feel like these reunion shows. And I mean I and I, I was at Raw 1000 in St. Louis. Uh, I was at. Raw 25 in the Manhattan Center. So I've been to a lot of these. I've watched it up close. And I'm like, I just always feel like they miss opportunities to progress what is current. Let the nostalgia help what is current. Don't just per, don't don't just have a parade, which is essentially what these shows are. It's just a parade of just a, a bunch of floats uh, for you just to see these guys in their wardrobe, hear their music, and that's that. And they do their stick. Well, we talk about being medically cleared or not. I actually joked yesterday on the show about how Rikishi 
uh, did not do the stink face. Uh, maybe he wasn't medically cleared. Turns out that was the actual case. The Observer reporting Rikishi was not cleared to do the stink face in the opening segment with his sons. What's going on with that? Get some- yeah, like what's going on with his ass that he can't be medically cleared to stick it in somebody's face? But, I mean, like, like when I hear that Rikishi's not medically cleared, I would think, okay, yeah, if you want him to go do some bumps or what have you, but like, I mean, why can't he do an ass? Why, why can't he do a stink face? Sorry, sir. You're not medically cleared to pull your pants down and sit on this other man's face. You have butt that's, rash. That's, that's what happened. Reading between the lines, that's what happened. Now, why is that? I also, uh, you know what? I'm trying to get Rikishi for an interview. We will find out. Uh, and lastly here coming out of Raw Reunion, uh, Lacey Evans tweeted out, Legends equal yesterday's nasties, to which WWE Hall of Famer Alundra Blaze responded with, You'll be lucky to be considered a legend. You failed in the military. You live in a portable trailer. Drag your kid and husband around. Your hubby looked at me, gave me a compliment, and said, Honey, maybe you could be more like Alundra. You're yesterday's regurgitated garbage. The hottest of shade. Shade. I was shocked when I read this. I mean, I'm I'm assuming this is a work. I'm assuming this is just them having fun. But then I ask, what's the point? Unless this is like... Alundra Blaze isn't like working a match with Lacey Evans anytime soon, at least let, not that we know of, unless 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 they're going to do a women's only pay per view again in the fall and nothing like that's going to be Lacey Evans' match. But like, otherwise, what's the point? And then if it's not a work, like you what? failed in the military, like what are this, you talking about? You failed in the military. You live in a portable trailer. This is like something you hear on an episode of Wife Swap at the end of the episode where they're exchanging barbs across the table. This felt personal to me. Whether or not it is, I don't know. But definitely, like, some lines may have been crossed with this one. And again, I ask, what's the point? But she has, like, Blaze has a history of tweeting stupid shit and, like, getting herself in trouble. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I personally, I, you know, I, I, I wasn't really entertained by anything. Like, the whole, you know, she comes in and, and she put to sleep her old, and then she's like, I'm not going to be champion for very long. And I literally thought she must have fumbled her lines. And no, it turns out she meant to say that because, oh, she was going to put it in the trash can and then she gets balled off. I don't know. It's just stupid. Best part of Raw, Ted DiBiase being the million dollar man. Everybody's got a prize. I'm a dumb person. So, like, the stuff that you hate, I probably like a lot. So, uh, post wrestling uh, reporting, Trish Stratus uh, looks to be wrestling at SummerSlam. It'll be in her backyard at Toronto. There's speculation she could be facing Charlotte, who's not on the card. Uh, but mentioned uh, the fact she's not on the card on SmackDown last night. Uh, bring it on. I-, I would love to see these two mix it up. Yeah, I mean, this this makes sense. I mean, what a, this is kind of a little bit of a dream match. You know, Charlotte, who's got such accolades already uh, in her time in WWE. Uh, you know, Trish, obviously, is one of the most decorated uh, of their female performers. Uh, Trish could still go. I mean, we've seen that uh, in, the re- in the last year. It is in Toronto, so I-, I don't know how ticket sales are doing for SummerSlam or if they're sold out, but it certainly can help you know yeah. move any last any last remaining seats that you might need to need to fill. Well, and you know, with Trish, Trish Charlotte will be great, but again, it's like this is a more enticing match than either of the women's title bouts. I don't know why you wouldn't do Trish Becky or Trish B- Bailey to to put a little shine on your on your women's titles at the moment. Well, because Becky and Bailey are both babyfaces, and you know, so you know, Trish is going to be a huge babyface. So you put her against the heel and Charlotte. You can't tell me Becky is the babyface against Natalia in Canada. It's a, it's weird booking to me. It's again, it's 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 Austin Brett, it's Sean Brett back in those days where yeah, it, it, the rules get reversed as soon as you cross the border. It's weird, weird way to continue to push Becky Lynch. I think to put her in that spot. Um, WWE has trademarked the name WWE after the bell. 
Many people are speculating this could be the name of the new WWE FS1 news show. So that's cool. There you go. Yeah, we'll make, would make sense. Uh, and lastly here, a bit of AEW news. Uh, the latest uh, Road to All Out came out yesterday. It was announced on that episode that Darby Allen will take on Joey Janela and Jimmy Havoc in a triple threat match. Uh, I'm going to guess this is hardcore rules because these guys are all tweeting about how they're going to bleed and kill each other and destroy the building. Uh, I don't think there'll be a lot of chin locks and wrist locks. No. Uh, and lastly here, yeah, coming out of Road to Double or Nothing, or not Double or Nothing, Road to All Out, uh, Chris Van Vliet. The man who sat in for you just a couple weeks ago here on the show, he's going to be taking over the control center, which uh, which Tony Schiavone was doing. He's going to have uh, some kind of backstage role here now. So congratulations to Chris Van Vliet. Yep, good for Chris. And when he can't make it, I'll sit in for him. My guest at this time is a former ECW world champion, two-time WCW cruiserweight champion, four-time WWE cruiserweight champion. He'll be back with Glow for season three as the Shites Show's fight coordinator, it is Shavo Guerrero. Shavo, welcome back to Winkley. Nick, what's going on, bro? Good to see you, man. Good to talk to you. How's that? Better? Yeah, good to talk to you as well. You were bragging just before we started recording about how you're sipping champagne in a motorhome down by the beach. Is that right? Yeah, man. When I I I, I wasn't I wasn't uh, uh, bragging. I was just stating <laughs> the uh, great facts <laughs> that I'm actually um, right now on the beach. I'm, I'm out in my motorhome, right, camping around on the beach, and we're already shipping, sipping some champagne, brother, so man, <laughs> it's a good time. For everyone who's listening right now, this was recorded on a Monday morning at like 10 a.m. Chavo's time, so for all of you out there that enjoy starting your Mondays off, heading to work, uh, this is what Chavo gets to do, so... Uh... Yeah, 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 just so you guys know, this, you know I, as everybody does, they work their butt off. You know, I work my butt off for a long time, and man, I kind of, you know, I work for about five seven months out of the year and then for about another you know probably four or five months i kind of just chilled i don't really do too much i'll, I'll do a, a signing here and there or a comic-con or whatever but i kind of just will hang out and not do much for about four months out of the year <laughs> so it's kind of it's good being me right now i don't blame you shavo well let's get to it here let's talk about glow season three believe it or not i just chatted with kia stevens a couple days ago uh about uh, i love her man she's amazing i love her yeah uh you know talk to me here about what how are you feeling going into glow season three what can fans expect this time around brother you know and it's kind of like a, a i don't want to sound like a broken record that's repeating itself but Man, every year they're, they're, they're topping each other. The thing with the, the executive producers at Glow, they, they understand that you have, you're going to have that, that, that uh, audience coming back and you have to give them something better or more or different than you did before. You can't give them the same thing. So every year they're topping every, every, the, the, the previous year, you know? So, What's cool is that, man, the, 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 just the character building in season three is, like, amazing. You really get to meet each of the, uh, you know, the, new, uh, the new characters. I mean, you just get to meet them. You get to see what they are, what they are you know, who, they're, who, who they are and what they're about. Uh, very much is this because it's the same executive producer as Orange is a New Black. And if you know, if you anybody's a fan of that show, you'll see that, you know, it not every character is touched on in the season and then the next season they touch on a different character and vice versa. So it's kind of, that's kind of the MO that we're going for. And you'll see um, characters that you haven't seen the backstory yet and you'll see more of them. 
which is great. Yeah, you talk about some and of, of course the, some okay. pretty cool wrestling too. I, I'm sure. Well, and you know, you talk about you know the cast, the ensemble you have, the new characters. Uh, there is a huge legendary name a part of Glow season three in Gina Davis joining the cast. What was it like to get to work yeah. with Gina Davis on a you pro know, wrestling show? That sounds so weird to say out loud. You know, it was really cool. You know, I had to keep it quiet for a long time. We couldn't say anything until Glow actually released that press. Uh, the press that it went out but um rest statement that's what i'm talking about the best statement that it went out that she's uh, actually part of it but it was really cool to have her part I, I didn't get to work with her as much as i would like to have but really cool lady man i was like you know that's Gina davis i mean that's you know uh, uh selma louise this is this girl she's done some stuff and for her to be as humble and just really cool as she was it's fun to work with man it, it was it was really are we going to get to see Gina Davis wrestle in Glow Season Three? Did she learn to? Did she take bumps and things like that? So I, I that's still something I don't even know if I can divulge any of that. Okay, okay <laughs> I fine. I really don't know what they've actually put out, so I can't really even say yes or no. I, you know, we got August 9th is when it's out, so you, you'll see then. <laughs> okay, last year I, I want to keep my job, so I'm not going to. Okay. Say that I'm not supposed to. That's fine. My job is just to ask the questions that will get you in the most trouble possible. Um, there you go. Perfect. Uh, um, I will last Gina Davis related question because like a league of their own. Like I'm, a, I'm just a giant Gina Davis fan. Um, was she a you. dude? She's a legend. Um, are you legend, she, dude? Thelma Louise. What a great, what a great movie that was. I mean, that last scene where they they drive off the cliff. And, oh my gosh, I was like, wow. And it ended there. That's pretty. So was she a pro wrestling fan at all? Did you get the vibe that she had knowledge of pro wrestling before joining Glow? I really didn't get into that with her. I wish I would have, but I never got to, I was just really in, in a work capacity with her, even though she was really great. But not like the other girls to where I, you know, was sitting there and, uh, you know, I spent so much different time with them. Um, I, I didn't get to, I didn't get that. That conversation with her, man, it really was just business, business with her, um, except for the part where, you know, we smashed some cake in her face for her birthday. <laughs> that was fun. But, uh, uh, you know, she was just really just, just a, cool, was a cool person, and uh, I, I didn't get into her wrestling knowledge as okay. much as I would have liked to. All right, that's fine. I'm still, I got a, I got an email out to Netflix. I'm trying to get her for an interview because I want to know that question. She doesn't strike that'd me as a... That'd be awesome. You know what? That'd be good. Cool. Let me know when you do. I <laughs> will. Might might drop might name drop you to get it. Um, well, uh, yeah, please. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, but you know, you talk about the, you know again, it's an ensemble. Your Gina's a new name. You know, you've had the rest of these women here as part of the cast for you know this is the third season now. How do you approach your role as a fight coordinator now that the women you know have you know under their feet you know some pro wrestling moves and things like that? You know, it's a little different than, of course, the first season when you know they had never even stepped foot in a ring before, didn't even know how to climb through the ropes. Um, now it's a little different because now they're they're I can't say seasoned veterans, but they, you know they they're they they catch back up really fast. You know, I always get them for a month at least before we start the season. And God, this last year was in a week. We were like right back to where we're at. I'm like, girls, have you guys been you been training like on the side without me or something? <laughs> no, no, no. Like they really came right back real quick, and then we were able to work on some more things. But um, uh, that's kind of like what it is now. Like they, they're, you know, they're they're having fun now. The, like the first season, everybody was like a deer in the headlights, where they're like, like, oh my god, am I able to be able to do this? You know, what is this guy going to expect from me? We don't know him. Are they going to beat us up? 
and, and you know, now that we have each other's trust, you know that it's going to come in, and I'm, I just want nothing but the best for them. I want them to look as great as they can on camera, and you know, we'll uh, uh, we'll hide their their flaws, and we'll. Um, showcase their, their strengths, just like we do in wrestling, just like I do to me, you know? Yeah. I always tell them, like, like if they come up to me and say, you know, I'm not sure if I can do this move, I'm like, it doesn't matter. I can't do every move out there. I just do the ones that I do, and I try to do them real well. And they're like, oh, yeah, I get it now. And they're like, oh, cool. And I, I always give them, I give a Randy Orton, um, um, like, example a lot. Randy Orton doesn't do a whole lot. This is not absolutely not a knock on Randy. This is actually a praise on Randy. Randy does what he does. He maybe does maybe like 10 moves, but he does them really, really, really good and at the perfect time. So you never know. He's not doing moonsaults and head scissors. He's not doing that because he doesn't have to do that stuff. He sits there and does his moves, you know, his move set, and he does them exceptionally well with great timing and great presence. And it kind of means everything. You know, he's one of the best wrestlers, I mean, kind of, of all time. It's an arguably, but the guy's he's pretty damn good, and he doesn't do a whole lot. That's gigantic praise for you to call Randy Orton one of the greatest of all time. I mean, they don't really do, like, a ton with... I mean, it, it looks like maybe him and Kofi here going into to SummerSlam, I get that vibe. But, man, they haven't really done a whole lot with him the past couple of years. You know what? You know, Randy, and, uh, and he's a third-generation wrestler for a reason. So, I mean, this guy... He's, he's so good. His timing is impeccable. His presence in the ring is so good. It's, it's um, you know, if you watch it, I mean, he, he's got you from his entrance to his exit. He's got, he, he, he commands that audience and commands, you know, the, the people. I, I mean, I remember the first time I saw him when he do that Viper thing, he kind of dropped to his, to his hands and knees and starts pounding the mat. I was like, man. Why didn't I think of that? That's so cool. <laughs> you know? Right? I mean, he does that. It's really, you can feel it. Like, he just connects with the fans really well. He's, he's, he's exceptional. Yeah. That's, he's special, for sure. That's cool to hear you be like, damn it, I should have been the Viper. That would have been great. That would have been You know how many times I've said that about different things? Like, God, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I think of that one? <laughs> You had a pretty good career, Chavo. I don't think you needed it. Just saying. Uh, uh, well, you know, it's it's one of those. You, you always look back and say, like, God, I could have done this different. I could have done that different. But at the same time, you know, hey, we are who we are. And we, you know, that's what makes us out of the wrestlers we were in the ring. Yeah. You know, and, and there, but it's still, that just shows right there, like, you never stop being a fan, you know. And I, 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 I love when fans come to me and go, hey, man, you mind if I take a picture? Yeah, sure. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just marking out. And I said, guys, you don't understand. We're all marks. That's why, that's why we're in this business is because we're marks. But we love the business, and I never stop being a fan. I never stop watching certain matches. And they're, now they're starting to get a little few and far between. But when I see certain guys get in the ring, you know, a, a Ziggler or a, um, you know an Orton, a Mysterio, you watch these guys and you're like, wow, man, that's so good. They just this they just command the audience. You know, Undertaker, another one. I mean. I always reference his matches with uh, Shawn Michael at WrestleMania. And those two are just, they're so incredible. And then together, for them to get us, I mean, we're watching and we're like lost in the match at WrestleMania, you know, whether I'm in the friends and family section or actually on the card, you're sitting there going, just, gosh, dang, man, these guys, they were, they were such masters of their craft. 
And for them to get us, you know, I'm sure they're getting the entire crowd. Dude, that's so crazy. You know, I, I have a dozen questions coming out of what you just said. Uh, first, I'll say, um, you know, you are, f- like, in some ways, filling the same shoes uh, as your, your uncle Mondo Guerrero, correct? Um, who was Yeah, your... well, trying. Yeah, well, I mean, how do you ever have moments there where you just reflect on that and, like, how you're in that space now and doing, you know, exactly what, not exactly, but a lot like what he was doing with Glow, you know, decades before? You know what? He he kind of left wrestling. Well, you you never really leave wrestling, but you know he kind of stepped away from wrestling and became a stuntman in Hollywood and actor. And um, I kind of was always like, why? Like why? Like like we were always raised wrestling. Why? Why? Now doing the same thing. I see. Like oh, you're you're union now. <laughs> oh, you got a union. You got people behind you. Oh, you're guaranteed a certain amount of pay. You're guaranteed these breaks. You're tired of time off. It's pretty like like why wow, being being a part of union is pretty pretty amazing. It's something that I've never been before, you know, with you know insurance and you know a pension and stuff. It's something that's not in wrestling, so which people still freak out about. I talked to my actors and they still can't they still can't believe you know we're not taken care of like that and and wrestlers are independent contractors and still have to pay for their own you know their own uh, cars and hotels and they kind of freak out on that. They, they're like what do you mean? <laughs> so I, 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 it's something that now that being a part of the union, being part of the screen actors guild, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, and do, you know, it's come up quite a bit, you know, I feel, and especially, I don't know if you caught that, that Bailey interview that, that aired on FS1 where. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, do you feel like there's something bubbling under the surface here where we might see some changes within the industry? I mean, it just seems to be coming up more and more and more on such a big level, you know? You know what? We're such a publicly traded company now that I you know we're not now, but you know it was uh, you know public. We're such a big company and publicly traded that it's it's very hard for me to see that it's not going to change. I mean, they just they just you know need somebody to make them change because it's going to cost WWE some money, which you know they're that's they're not in the charity business; they're in the money making business. So as long as they can get away with it, they will. And which I don't blame them. Okay, whatever. But I think it's just time that. You know, wrestling moves into this millennium that that you you know the the wrestlers aren't they're not independent contractors anymore. But I mean, I, and I don't want to get too into it too much because sure. you know I have a you know, my feelings for sure. Uh, but you know, I just think the wrestlers need to be taken care of more, and it it will be better for the wrestlers, be better for the fans, be better for the businesses, it'll be better for everybody all around. It's not a bad thing to take care of your employees or your people who work for you. Never is. Uh, well, I'll get back here to Glow a little bit. You know, like I brought up earlier, I yeah. interviewed Kia a couple days ago, and she said she would vouch for any of the women on the show if they wanted to go work in wrestling. First of all, would you do the same? And second of all, are you surprised indie promoters haven't tried to book any of these women for their shows yet? Well, I'm sure any indie promoters have definitely tried it. Okay. <laughs> I just don't think the girls are interested in doing that. Look, the thing with, with these girls, my, my Glow actresses, they, they understand they're actresses. They never want, you know, I mean, I, I remember one time there was some girls from, from WWE and I'm not sure exactly who it is and I don't want to call anybody out, but they had said, you know, Oh, you girls, you know, you think you're, you're, you're wrestlers. I'll show you real wrestlers. And I'm like, and I, and the girls were kind of like, Sean, why are they, why are they like that? And I said, look, they're just trying to get a rub from you. You guys are a hot thing right now. They're just trying to get a rub from you. My actresses, you know, they are actresses and, and they are not 
professional wrestlers besides Kia Stevens, of course, who's one of the best. Uh, but you know, they, they, they just, they know what they're, what they are. And they're not, they're huge fans of wrestling and how much it hurts and how hard it is. And to see these girls at, you know, do a WrestleMania match or even like a, uh, you know, just going, you know, if the girls go to, to Monday Night Raw and, and watching these girls work, they're like, wow, they're like amazed. Like, that's amazing. Like, like, did these, did girls rehearse for two weeks for this thing? I'm like, uh, no, they probably found out what they were doing about three hours before. And they're like, how do they do that? And I'm just like, you know, it's just, it's an art form. So they're, they're huge fans of it and make no mistakes. Not one of them is, is whatever think that they are a true professional wrestler although they are very good at what they do and the toughest nails and those girls they're awesome but i don't think that's something that you know that they're looking to get into they'd rather much rather go you know act in the scene you know and and, and at times too not believingly in anything they do because i've been on both sides of the coin i've been you know that that russian wrestler wrestling a, a 25 minute match at, you know at wrestlemania or raw, whatever house show, whatever you want to call it. And then I've done the scene in a movie and a TV show. And sometimes those scenes and TV shows are much harder because it may be a minute sequence, but you're doing it for eight straight hours. Like you're doing it from this camera angle. And then you got to cool down and go have lunch. You do it from another camera angle and they got to reset another camera angle. It's, it's in a lot of ways working in a scene on a TV show is harder than actually pro wrestling. Cause I would, I would much rather just give, give me 25 minutes. I'm going to go out there and kill myself for 25 minutes and be done. But for me to do it for eight hours, oh man, I would wake up in the morning. So sore and beat up because that scene may be two bumps, but I did that scene 20 times. So all of a sudden that two bumps turned into 40 real fast. And there's a lot of times that I wasn't, you know, doing 40 bumps in a match. In fact, if you watch Glow season two, episode ten, the last episode, the the one that I was on. Yeah. Now I had to, I kind of had to do. I was putting together the match, and I kind of had to do a lot and show the girls and the producers that's like, hey, I'm not just this guy that's teaching the girls. I can kind of do some stuff too. So I kind of ribbed myself because I, that back flip you see me do in the show, I did it about 25 different times mm-hmm. because from different angles and. And uh, from the jib camera that we had, from handheld camera jumping over people, like whatever what, what you saw air was not the only thing we saw. You know, they took the best parts to air it, but really, I really did it about twenty twenty five times, and it was like, among other things, head scissors and books and picking, you know, Liberty Bell up over my head and dropping behind, like all these different things. Like we kept doing it, <laughs> you know. Carlito got slammed by. Uh, you know, uh, Brittany Young, who was Machu Picchu, she's, you know, in the show, she slammed him. In real, she's, she, he probably took 20 slams from her. And she's picking up, this is picking up a grown 250-pound man and slamming him. And she did it over and over and over and over again. You know, so that's, you know, kudos to her. Dude, that's very impressive. What did, what did you think of uh, uh, Allison Bree and Becky Lynch landing the cover of that ESPN magazine recently? Man, that was so awesome. I text Allison, and I've never met Becky. I'm definitely a fan, but never met her. Uh, but I text Allison, and I said, hey, did you ever think when you took this job that you were going to be landing the cover of ESPN as a wrestler? And she was like, no. She's like, when we were doing this, this, this shoot, I was really tripping out. And I kind of told her, I go, look, just so you know, 
I know you never thought about being kind of a face of wrestling, but in a sense, you kind of are. So there's a lot of responsibility that goes around with that because there's a lot of people looking to you to be a voice. And she's like, well, I, I, I hope I don't let you guys down. And, uh, you know, she really takes her job seriously and wrestling seriously. You know, she's, she's, she's like amazing. Allison Bree is one of my favorite people in the world, but just because of the respect factor. And she just knows she's not just like, oh, yeah, I just don't wrestle. Okay, whatever. No, she's like, I, I, you know, I love doing what I do. And in a, so in a sense, I told her, look, I'm going to, if you need any help, I'll guide you along the way. And she's like, thank you, child. I appreciate it. So, <laughs> really a cool person. Man, that's awesome. Uh, one thing I wanted to also get your take on here is I had a fr- I had a chance to interview your friend Ray Mysterio recently, and he made yeah. a pretty big comparison to me. He compared Andrade to Eddie Guerrero and said he had a lot of the same feelings when he's when he's in the ring with Andrade. What do you think of uh, that comparison between Andrade and Eddie? Well, first of all, there's nobody like Eddie, but uh, I've only wrestled Andrade once. I wrestled him when he was La Sombra in Mexico. And, you know, it was what it was. It was in a tag team and different things. So we didn't really get too much into it, you know. But um, some of the matches that I've seen Ray have, you know, he'd know because, you know, he's had some you know, just knockdown, drag out great matches with him. So for him to say that, that, that means a lot. You know, it really does. Yeah. And how do you feel about Andrade? I mean, he's doing the three amigos I've seen in the ring recently, which is a Guerrero spot and everything like that. Like, what are your opinions on the man? I hate him. <laughs> no, man. no, but you know what? Hey, that's great for him to do three amigos. And, and, you know, the reason I do three amigos is a tribute to Eddie. So anybody who does that moves, it's, it, it's a tribute to the person who did it. What would in whatever capacity they do it in, that's what it is. If, yeah. If I do a pedigree, who are you going to think of when I do a pedigree? It's not, you're not going to think about me. You can think about triple H, right? Yeah. If you do, um, you know, uh, uh, the, the figure four, even though there's been other people that did it, but really like Ric Flair, you know, every time I would do a chop in the ring, I hear a woo, it's because of Ric Flair. So you're tributing these people because you see something that works and something you're a fan of. So obviously Andrada is a fan of Eddie and a fan of that, of that move set because he's imi- he's imitating it. If he didn't like it, and wasn't a fan. He wouldn't be doing that. So, you know, hats off to him. That's great. And, and always keeping, you know, Eddie's memory alive. And that's, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't see how you can't because I just had this in this uh, conversation with uh, Steve Austin the other day with his podcast, which is going to be coming out soon. Yeah. Uh, and basically talked about, you know, how guy like Eddie to us, he was always, he'd been the best, one of the best for the 10 years before he passed. Unfortunately, he had to pass away for, the world and for promoters and everybody to really uh, recognize him as one of the best of all time. It, it kind of sucks that that had to happen, but he was, it's not like all of a sudden, like, you know, he became that guy. He was already that guy. If you look at the matches, you look at that match, you know, probably what, 10 years prior, maybe eight years prior where him and Rey Mysterio wrestled the Halloween Havoc match, that classic match in WCW. Love that match. Um, he was already that guy, you know? So, you know, you look at his matches at Black Tiger, him and Benoit in, in, um, in Japan. He was already that guy. It just, uh, in fact, he was more of that guy because he could do more stuff. His body wasn't as beat up. But it, just, it took him, you know, for him to pass away to be considered that guy. 
Um, kind of sucks, but <laughs> I think that's just the way it is. You know, when you look at, you know, anybody who's passed away, the prime, you know, Jim Morrison, or Jimi Hendrix, or Janice Jackson, you know, in, in that sense, you know, were they, was Jimmy, you know, Jimmy Hendrix considered the, you know, one of the greatest guitarists of all time? He was a great guitarist, but after he passed away, you look back at him and say, wow, this guy was pretty special, you know? Uh, last question I'll ask you here. Uh, obviously, you know you you a lot, of, a lot of people of my generation, attitude. I remember you as a WCW cruiserweight. You, you had some great bouts there. Obviously, went on to have a successful career in WWE as well. But WWE has brought back your old boss Eric Bischoff here, uh, and like a creative uh, capacity. It sounds like you know we're getting different reports. But what do you think of them putting Eric in that position? And what do you think of Eric's creative vision for pro wrestling? Eric is so smart at what he's done. Not many people have been like the, the head of a company, president of a company, and work directly with the networks and know all about how a network works and how to run a show on a network. The, for everything that I, I've done now, which is, you know, still still learning, still doing stuff, if they put me in that position, I would be like a deer in the headlights. This Eric is going to, he's so smart. I, I listen to his podcast a lot of times, not just for the awesome stories and the flashbacks, but just to listen to his terminology. And I learned so much about the, about the t television business and production business by listening to Eric talk. He doesn't even know that he's teaching me in a sense, but he's teaching me right now. We just listen to his, his podcast. The guy is a really smart guy. I can't think of anything, anyone better to put in that position. Much better than Heyman. <laughs> oh, you picked. Much better, I would much rather be on SmackDown with Anthony Sharp than on Raw with Paul Heyman. Whoa, wait, whoa! Shot fired. Why? Why? Why the the the, the Heyman uh, comment? <laughs> hey, you know what? It, 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 it's nothing against Paul. I, I just everybody knows Paul's reputation. And ask any ask Tommy Dreamer. He's worked with him more than pretty much anybody. Just ask Tommy Dreamer about him and how he. Um, you know, <laughs> just ask him how he is. That is. That's just, just you know, it's a guy that's he's so good at talking on the mic and talking with his mouth, and sometimes that mouth gets away from him, and uh, sometimes that mouth writes checks that uh, the rest of his <laughs> his professional wisdom can't cash, you know? Uh, well, he's it's, Vince's, it's Vince's checkbook now, so maybe that'll be different. Who knows? I don't know. Um... You know what? Vince, Vince is a smart guy because he has these two – both of these guys – that were, that were rivals of his now working for him, and he's putting them to use for his company. I would do the I do the exact same thing. I would have these guys that are obviously business savvy, wrestling savvy, that know what they're doing, and bring them in and have them work for me. Because you know, not only now can you watch them, but you you're you're having these guys that kind of you know they Eric and has almost put WWE out of business. You know, he, I can't say it was that close, but, you know, I remember when I got to WWE and Undertaker was telling me that at a time they were, they were getting like $50 payouts and stuff because business was so down because WCW really, you know, I mean, it, it was it was probably closer than people think, but uh, um, now you got this guy working for you. That, that's pretty smart. Yeah. Uh, hey, right. if, I, if I own Ford, I definitely have a Lee Alec working for me. <laughs> uh, we'll wrap it up here. You did. You mentioned that you did the Steve Austin interview recently. All the photos I saw coming out of it featured my favorite thing, which is empty beers. Uh, his uh, Broken Skull beers and your uh, Los Guerreros 
Mexican style lager, yeah. which you were kind <laughs> enough, which you were kind enough to send me here in Chicago, and I sat up on my roof deck uh, drinking this four pack and felt really nice afterwards. Uh, how did you like it? Oh, uh, I'm not a lager guy. Okay, I'm I'm an IPA guy. I like something that has to have some texture and some taste. If I, sure. I can't I can't drink a Bud Light or a Coors or no yeah. no offense to Mance Warner or anything like that. Light beer is not for me. But this is a lager that has like a spice. It has a bite to it, and it was probably the best lager I've had in a long time, if not ever. I'm not saying this to blow smoke up your ass. I think this is a this is a very very good beer. Uh, what what made you want to get into the beer game like this? That's awesome. It's good to hear, you know what, because I feel the same way. I'm a beer guy, beer connoisseur. I know what I like and I know what I don't like. But when I teamed up with the Lasta Brewing Company, uh, they're in Covina, California, which is by L.A., uh, I, did a, uh, I did an event for them last Cinco de Mayo, Cinco de Mayo 2018. And they're like, hey, Charles, would you ever think about, you know, releasing your own beer? I'm like, yeah, great. So we kind of talked back and forth, and it was about a year process. And finally, we came down, you know, of course, a Mexican lager, go figure, you know. <laughs> but, you know, we kind of decided on that. And and Herb, who's the their master brewer, brewer say that, fast brewer, say that with a couple of champagnes in there. Uh, he was, you know, he, I've tried all their beers, and they have such great beers. Like, when they have one that's a... Uh, the val- that's a special release on Valentine's Day. They had a hint of cherry and a hint of chocolate in there, but still tastes like a beer. I was like, wow. And they have this other one that's a brute that's a, uh, it's, it's super light, like a champagne, but it's still a beer. It's very bubbly. I was like, God, this is amazing. So their beers are so excellent. So I kind of just trusted them and said, okay, Herbert, you know, do what you're going to do, and this is what I'd like. And this, so he kind of he came out with this Mexican lager and put a hint of like, you know, Yucatan sea salt in there. And wow, it was, it's amazing. And that was a, the first batch is completely sold out. We they're brewing another batch. Now I'm going to let it ferment for another couple of weeks, which is, it's going to be even better and, and richer and fuller. But, um, the LA County fair, which is a huge fair in California, but they, they're going to carry it and sell it there. So it's kind of it's it's getting people's eyes now, you know. There's a there's a they, in August there's a a uh, a beer festival in Denver, which is a huge beer festival that has a bunch of different beers competing against each other, and they're taking it there to compete against other beers. And I would, as far as a Mexican lager goes goes with, I would put my Los Guerreros Mexican lager up against any Mexican lager out there. And I'm not talking about a you know a something big like a Dos Equis or Modelo because those are so big that they they don't use the ingredients that we use. They're, you know, they're, they're making volume as opposed to it's incredible not, taste. Not even close, you know, Shavo. Looking, not even close. Not even not even, not not even close. close. Not so, even close. I'm, so nothing over you know something like but I'm talking against a craft brew, uh, somebody that that's a connoisseur of beer. I put mine against them. Uh, bar none, anybody, anytime, any place. That's how confident I am in that beer. And I wouldn't say that if I wasn't. It's true. It's a damn good beer. And you know what? I didn't know that about Denver. My boss, Raj Geary, lives in Denver. I'm going to give him the old tip off. I'm sending him out there. He loves beer. Maybe he, uh, I don't know if he Yeah, can... man, it's a huge beer festival, man. It's a huge beer thing, man. So to have him go out there, not only is he going to, you know, taste some great beers, but it's, you know, there'll be taste sauce and you'll be able to vote. And, 
you know, the, the winners bring home, you know, you know, the, the, the gold medals and the trophies and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like the Super J Cup in, in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> they throw streamers out and everything. You know. <laughs> they drink beers in the back and pour them all over each other with their, their speedos on. <laughs> I guarantee you're the only person to ever compare a beer festival to the Super J Cup. That's awesome and that's amazing. Uh, well, Shava, this was great. Um, really, I always enjoy chatting with you. You do all of my favorite things. You have beer. You have a comic book. You are a part of Glow. You're a former world multi-time champion. You've really done it all, Shavo. Is there anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the interview? Yeah, we just if you guys follow me on Instagram at Chavo Guerrero Jr., you'll see all my latest stuff, all the stuff that I'm doing, which is I got a ton of things. Uh, keep an eye out for Nacion Lucha Libre, our new um, uh, wrestling company that uh, Alberto Del Rio and I started. That's with. right. Oh. Tell me about this. I'm sorry. I, I hate to cut you off. I was trying to wrap it up. But, yes, nope. somebody told me about this and how you guys have, like, you have legit distribution stuff for this this promotion. I feel like it's flown yeah, under yeah, my yeah, radar. You know, yeah, so so this kind of just happened. It came part we've been kind of working on it a lot, and uh, Alberto really was working on it. And, and hats off to him. But um, something that kind of just happened, you know, and and with, with the, the kind of the resurgence of wrestling really kind of getting mainstream and big, kind of big again, with Ring of Honor and, and you know AEW and New Japan, you know, we wanted to compete a little bit, not in their sense, but we looked at Mexico and we said, you know what. That's where it's at. That's where, you know, kind of our roots are both are at. We can compete with AAA and CMLL. And I, I, I watch their shows and nothing against their shows because I love The wrestlers are amazing. It's not the wrestlers. It's the shows, the production, and their storylines. And I'm like, well, we can absolutely compete with them right off the bat. So that's kind of what we kind of focused on. And we got uh, Imagine TV, uh, Imagen Televisión, which is in that's kind of Spanish. Who <laughs> uh, is the third biggest network in Mexico, but the first biggest in our demographic? The wrestling demographic was huge. And Triple A seen a lot of broken trying to get on that network, and they went with us, which is pretty cool. So, uh, right off the bat, man, we're, we're kind of a player. We had our first show uh, a couple weeks ago, and it just aired. And it, and it was good. I, I'm a super perfectionist. I'm super OCD when it comes to wrestling and other things. So I like things to be excellent and perfect. And so after the first show, we're definitely working on some things. You know, I didn't, I don't like certain lighting. I don't like certain production, certain sound aspects, certain stories. Uh, so I'm, you know, now coming from, you know, glow and things like Lucha Underground and, and of course, WWE and learning how it should be done. I want to do better than that and have things, you know, I want when the fans watch this show, go, wow, this is great. We're watching the show because we feel special because you guys did all this work for us. That's what we're working on and going to get to that for sure. You know, the wrestlers are amazing. The roster is, is incredible. We have Bandito, um, you know, MVP, Carlito, uh, Ricky Menez, Messias, uh, and so many, all the Parkers kids. Uh, we have, uh, these kids who are, you know, third generation pro wrestlers who are amazing already. One of the Dr. Wagner's kids, 17 years old, and he's wrestling like he's a 20 year veteran already. It's crazy. Uh, but the, the wrestlers, the wrestling is not the issue. We we have the wrestlers. It's just us get, getting it. I want it perfect. I want this thing to compete not only with Mexican wrestling, Lucha Libre, but with everybody wrestling. So we're, we're, we're getting there. That's awesome, man. I'm so happy for you. And, you. and, of course, you run a wrestling company. Of course you do, Chavo. 
There's very little you, you know, can do. You don't even do. I can't even tell you because I got twenty other irons in the fire, but I'm always working, always hustling, and uh, I got some other really, really cool things coming up. Uh, I'm a producer on the next episode of Dark Side of the Ring coming up, and you're gonna, you guys, are gonna flip out on this one. So, <laughs> I got, some, I got some other things going, brother. Things that you will absolutely love. If you say you love me before you, you want to marry me in about six months. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. Um, this is Adam Brazil. Kind of, you know, let you know that um, I'm aware of, of what y'all are doing, and uh, you know, Anthony. Um, He's uh, he's been through a lot, and uh, he put together this wrestling for innocence, and I'm very grateful for him. For him. Um, um, and I'm extremely grateful for for you guys getting involved. But uh, I've also heard that you don't only want to just get involved; you want to you want to bring me home. So that tells me a lot. That says that you you've uh, read about the case, and um, that's that's very exciting because. I've done 12 years, and um, I've got 51 years over my head, and it's for something I didn't even know nothing about. And it's been a it's been a crazy journey, lots a lot of it's a lot of adversities that you know uh, definitely been thrown on on my plate and my family's, and um, I'm not going to go into all that. I want to end on a high note and just say that it's been a blessing in disguise. Um, so much good's come from what people's meant for evil. And um, I know that, you know, this may be a beginning to a, a great thing, and, and it's it's wonderful to have you guys involved. And uh, and I'm so hopeful that, that um, you can bring light to this travesty of justice, not only for me, but, you know, I know that speaking for myself, that, that if I can be innocent in prison, then I know that there's others. And... I'm blessed to have supporters a lot, and um, and I know there's people out here that don't, and they're innocent as well. And and again, speaking about innocence, there's a elephant in the room all the time when we speak about innocence. We that are, you know, everybody's innocent. They say uh, some people says, you know, um, and and it's sad because a few people do ruin it for everybody a lot of the times, and. Um, and I just want to say that, you know, just because people f- are flat-out liars sometimes and, and lie and uh, are deceitful and saying they're innocent when they're not, it doesn't change the truth that I actually am. And uh, so, you know, uh, it's, it's bigger than me, and um, and this is all bigger than us. And so I'm just extremely happy, extremely grateful for your support and uh, excited that you can... Uh, you can, and on your with your platform, you guys' platform um, can speak out and educate and, and get involved and, and and make a difference and uh, not only bring me home but but hopefully many others. Uh, thank you guys so much. Justin, I want to thank you for uh, joining me at the top of the show to talk the news of the day. Shavo, thank you so much. I always enjoy chatting with you, talking wrestling, and. Uh, Thank you to Capital for sending us that audio of Adam Brasile. Again, if you want to find out more about his case, what is going on with him, why Capital Wrestling is working to get him freed from prison, we got a lot more uh, uh, news on that up on the site right now. Uh, if you like the show, 
you like all of our shows, you like the post shows with Justin, you like uh, our content, go over to Wrestling Inc. Audio on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. Nice comment. Always appreciated. We're going to be back here tomorrow. Uh, I am going to finally be releasing tomorrow my interview with nine-year-old pro wrestling journalist, AJ Awesome. A child will be here tomorrow, Justin, chatting about what he thinks of the world of pro wrestling. Don't let the beard fool you. He's just a child. Just a child. Uh, We also have some coverage going on this weekend on the site. Uh, Saturday night, WWE will be presenting Smackville. So we will have coverage of that on the site. Stay tuned. Friday night. Yeah, yeehaw, right? You got to find out what's going on with Elias. Uh, And Friday night, we are going to be covering GCW's Beg for Mercy, which will be headlined by Nick Gage versus Orange Cassidy. So tune back in for that as well. Justin, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the show today? Hit the follow button at Justin Labar. And yes, please leave a comment uh, on the iTunes page. Tell us what you like. Maybe if, it, maybe if it's so glowing and such, such so pandering and kisses our ass, maybe we'll read it on the air and kiss your ass on the air. There you go. I am at uh, Wink Rebel on Twitter. Thank you all very much for tuning in. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it.